What's up, everybody? Josh and Jay back with the podcast. Uh, America is blue. Uh, America is red, white, and blue podcast right now. Obviously, uh, a big blue review of match day two uh, today in Qatar. Things actually are starting to heat up. We got some of the real teams out there that we're actually excited to see some of the top competitors uh, marching out. Uh, a lot of our boys uh, in Chelsea Blue were represented today. It was It was a very exciting day on the screen. Um but uh, you know, Jay, before we get into the into the matches individually, per usual, we'll give you the first word. What would you what you think of match day two? Good times, right? Before I start, we're both wearing salmon. This was not planned. Okay. We're both wearing the same boat. He's got a little bit of you know, feathering in his salmon. I got a pure salmon. Anyway. Um this was great, Mine's man. red. That is not red. That's salmon. I'm salmon. We're wearing like the same color. You just have some like white flecks in it. Anyway, whatever. Um, this is what the World Cup is about. This is great. Again, it happens once every four years. We get the best players of the world all coming together. Uh, we're not watching club teams, which as much as I love that, this is a unique and galvanizing experience. So, uh, you know, the USA did not finish the job. There were some disappointments there, but the reality is in, in toto, this was an amazing day to be able to watch football. So I was pumped with it. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome stuff. And uh, just just as we get into our rhythm here, just so everybody knows, if, if you're a resident of the East Coast of the United States, first games kick off at 5 a.m., you get a second game at 8 a.m., you get a third at 11, and a, and a closer at, 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 at 2. So it's a great time to be alive. A lot of the best footballers in the entire world are, are going to be on every single day. Uh, it really doesn't get any better. Uh, it was an it was the end of an eight-year wait for a, for a lot of us that follow the U.S. men's national team. So it was uh, it was really awesome. But uh, you know, diving right into the action first, uh, tuning into your screens, we woke up to uh, a rampant England uh, putting six past the Iranians. Uh, they were scoring fast uh, and furious. It took a little while for the game to get started, but uh, the boys waving the Union Jack were uh, out of the gate quickly. They, Iran got throttled. I don't know, you know. They didn't look like they even wanted to be there. You know, like half the squad didn't want to sing the national anthem. I don't know what mm. that's all about. Obviously, you got some geopolitical wackiness that's going on in that country at the moment. Um, they just, it took them a long time to show anything. Uh, and England, they came through, they stabilized early, and dude, they just unleashed fury on them. The goals were just, I mean, one after the other after the other. And the Chelsea boys for for England, they look great too. So, good stuff uh, I mean, there. Absolutely, of course. We had uh, Mason Mount wearing the number nineteen, uh, starting for for England, and and Raheem Sterling wearing the number ten. And arguably, uh, his finish was maybe the best out of Bonkers. them all. I mean, it was it was Bonkers. unbelievable. Uh, and I mean, you could tell that they were really feeling it, and uh, there was some free flowing football going on, but. Raheem's finish was fantastic. Top shelf Dude, stuff. Just Kung Fu Raheem. Dude, gets it played in, hits it with the outside of his boot, just belts that thing in. Amazing finish there. And although Mace didn't, you know, he's not going to show up on the stat sheet. This is the role we need him to play at Chelsea, frankly. He needs to be in the midfield playing as like a number eight. Just interchange of passes, keeping things moving. He's the guy who can facilitate the ball up the field and put other guys in the position to score. He's not the best finisher. He can come in and he can net the goal for sure. But uh, the role he played today and being able to use his pace, 
use it to win the ball back. This is exactly what he brings to his squad. So I'm hoping that Grant Potter's watching. Well, he looks pretty good next to Declan Rice. I mean, I'll, I'll sure. say that. Uh, pretty pretty good sharp pairing uh, for them. And, you know, we talk about how much uh, the midfield means. And then, of course, you got Jude Bellingham with the opener. And that kid is just oozing class. It's uh, it's amazing to think about how young he is and how dominant he he looks against grown men out there. He's uh, he's definitely the real deal, and he's going to be presenting uh, everybody in the tournament problems. And listen, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this cast giving praise to Tottenham Hotspur players, but Harry Kane is unbelievable. He is unbelievable. The guy, pretty I mean, listen, good. He'll drop in over twenty goals a year blindfolded, but dude, his hold-up play, his ability to pass and to facilitate for his teammates, he is. I'm going to say as far as an all-around striker, not just a finisher, but an all-around striker in all facets, he's probably the best striker in the world. That guy is absolutely unbelievable, and he was great today. I hope he's healthy for their sake. Yeah, I mean, good good luck, Harry. Wish you the best. Uh, yeah, he's but, a man. Yeah, I mean, the, the the guys at the former White Hart Lane, they're, they're okay up there in North London. Um, that That being said... Uh, you know, that was an impressive, that was, was an impressive victory. Uh, one of the stats I did, I did manage to pick up was England had 78% possession, which is, that's a lot. Last time I checked. Dude, England did what they were supposed to do, but Iran wasn't there. They didn't show up at all. I mean, it was, it was a little bit unfortunate that their keeper face planted with their central, central defender and they broke each other's faces. Like that sucks. But it had nothing to do with the keeper. Like you weren't stopping any of those shots, no matter who you had in that. You had one team who didn't want to be there. You had another team who's chomping at the bit and they just devoured them. So. Underwhelming to say the least from the Iranians. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. It was fun to watch the, the demolition. It was fun (laughs) to watch. It was great. Listen, I have no problem with seeing a team (laughs) that I like go ahead and get it done and look polished and look great with players that I give a shit about. And watch another team where I don't know one single player just get absolutely spanked off the field. So that's it. Uh, I will. I will second that, my friend. We we are definitely in complete agreement there. Uh, second game, not quite the not quite the cracking open football match that we saw early in the day, but uh, nonetheless, a lot of familiar faces uh, for the Netherlands. Uh, Nathan Ake, obviously a, a Chelsea boy for for quite some time. Uh, we've seen what they can do, uh, internationally. They also missed out on the, uh, 2018 edition. So it was great to see those, uh, slick orange uniforms out there looking clean. And, and actually just one comment on those. Why did they need an away Jersey? Like who, who else, who else is going straight orange? They should just be able to just bring those. And that's the only uniform that they have. They can do whatever they want. I, I, I do. I love those kids. And, dude, Frankie De Jong, man, when the rumors were coming out that he was potentially considering Chelsea mm. and leaving Barcelona, dude, I was dying for that. He's exactly what we need back there. Just a marshal. Lead- dude, that guy is unbelievable. Um, I was in- I-, I thought that was a great game to watch. I was thoroughly entertained. I thought there was good action back and forth. Senegal had their chances. And if it's unfortunate Sadio Mane was not in there, but if they did have a finisher or a guy who could have put away one of those chances yeah. clinically the way that Mane could, I think this is a different game, but neither here nor there. 
Uh, unfortunately, this is a game where Chelsea Boy did mangle a few things, and mm. Edward Mendy. Not his best yeah, effort. I, I, I felt terrible good. for him. I mean, I just felt <sighs> absolutely terrible for him. Uh, that, was, that was not that was not good for him. What wasn't his best? I mean, the, and the, the second one at the end was was difficult. Uh, you know, a little bit of a dump on that Memphis Depay shot or Depay, excuse me. Um, you know, probably could have done a little bit something better with that, and then you know you had the follow up finish to to put the game out of reach. Uh, you know, I thought Koulibaly showed up a typical performance yeah. uh, from from him. Uh, unfortunately, Mr. Mendy, not 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 so great. And uh, shouts out to Kuyate. Unfortunately, he went down. Uh, you hate to see these headlining players, uh, you know, going down for their for their sides. But that's going to be a tough loss uh, for the Senegalese. And, you know, going down two goals, it's definitely not the end of the world for them. Um, you know, they still probably have a pretty decent shot of advancing in the group, but uh, that's definitely is, a tough Is Kuyate the one who got slapped in the junk? Is that why he got taken off? Well, I mean, he got he got stretchered off. I I I think it was either a knee or an ankle, but but he had uh, he had problems. I don't know who it was. Did you see that play where dude, this guy just got punched like straight up square in the ball bag? And they did bring the stretcher out for him. I don't know if he was done for the game. That guy. I should have been paying closer attention. But dude, there was I, a guy. I think I met dude. A Dutch defender literally just went. You know, like those things at like the video game arcades. Yeah. You show your strength <laughs> and you just nail that beanbag. Dude, he went straight up and cracked this guy square in the balls. That's not good. Well, and they brought the stretcher out. I, I, I'm not sure if that was him or not, but yeah, it was not good. That's tough stuff. Well, yeah, no, nobody, nobody wants one in the uh, in the, in the jewels. But uh, you know, as we as we now go to the uh, to the peak to the to the main game today to the to the to the match that everybody really cared about, uh, and that was the United States taking on Wales. Um, lots to unpack there. Um, I will say this. At least we didn't concede within the first 10 minutes, which is uh, definitely something that we love to do. We love to get behind early. Uh, it was nice to be playing uh, a little bit more uh, ahead of the chains, as we might say in, a, in American football. But uh Great effort in the first half overall. We'll get into some specifics, but what did you think about the overall performance before we start shredding it apart? I thought that first half was some of the best football I've seen from the U.S. men's national team that I've probably Ever. seen in my life. Ever. <clears throat> it's up there with any of our better performances. And I was astonished because we said in the predictions, I got a lot right in our predictions but the one thing that I got completely wrong was our approach to the game. I mean, I thought that we were going to, that this was going to be a muck it up type of game, very defensive on both sides. And I thought that we were going to have to absorb some of the pressure from the attackers of Wales and then look to find opportunities on counters. I had no idea we had high press <laughs> defenders playing a high line. I, this has never, I've never seen us play like this ever. Me either. Anybody, even shitty CONCACAF teams. I've never seen them hit like I was. The organization was awesome. The organization was awesome. They Uh, looked ridiculous. I was so pumped up after the first half. I'm like, geez, mm -hmm. I'm like, we probably should have had more. I'm like, but if this is the way that we're going to approach this, like this Man City, Liverpool, like Nuo 
football approach of high pressure, just pressure breaks pipes and just constantly put it on you and be a little bit concerned and mindful of what's going to happen on the break. I'm like, this is going to be a fun tournament no matter how it lies. But the first half was absolutely amazing from them. Second half, different story. Completely different story. Definitely. So let, let's let's dive in here. So one thing I do also want to point out, quick shout out to uh, our man Landon Donovan, the legend. I don't know if you were watching the pregame at all, but his pregame spotlight player was Eunice Musa. And it seemed like Mr. Donovan was listening to the cast earlier in the week because he basically described the very dangerous human being that I was describing earlier this week and uh, kind of named him his difference maker. And I thought he looked amazing in the first half, especially. He looked super lively doing all of the things that I said that he was going to do while wearing the number six shirt, looking crispy clean doing it. And he had zero turnovers, zero uh, throughout the entire match. So it's a guy that knows what he's doing with the ball. At least one. You know, he had one definite one that I he he could have passed right into the middle of the park that went to nobody, and that got picked up by somebody from Wales. Where'd you get that set? I I he think it was had at least one that report. I remember specifically because I was thinking the exact same thing as you were. I'm like, this kid looks lively, like he's threatening, he's active out there. And then there were a couple of moments, and this was, I believe, getting toward the end of the first half where he spun around and I don't know who he was looking at or where the ball was going, but he just kind of kicked it blankly into the middle of the park and we were able to rebound around it. Nonetheless, he looked, he looked, looked I thought that he, he looked amazing. I thought that he looked amazing. He looked good. I thought, listen, everybody looked good in that first half. There was not a guy on the, on the team that didn't look like they were doing their job. Everybody looked active. Everybody looked lively. We'll break down the game as it goes, but, there were obviously a couple of tactical things that went on in the second half. I am terrified about this team's fitness levels because guys like Musa, guys like Pulisic, guys like McKinney, um, we we had got these dudes can't play ninety minutes. I mean, Wales was coming after us; they were being physical, and I know they were chopping us down a bit. And I'm not even talking about injuries. The pace that we were playing with through that first half was like. I mean, lights out. And we came to a grinding halt after halftime. So as far as energy levels and being able to keep up that style of play, you would think that with us playing that way and putting all the pressure on, that it would have been whales that would have had tired wheels coming out in the second half. But that wasn't the case because we came out slow and stodgy. So I'm a little bit concerned about that big picture as we're moving forward through this thing as far as who can put together 90 minutes, who can keep up that level of action. and even if the game is reversed, if we're playing against England and they're the ones that are pushing the pressure on, do we have the stamina to be able to keep up with these guys? Well, I mean, it, we we talked about some of the other nations and how they they train and the conditions under which uh, they're typically playing. You know, a lot of our guys are are playing in European you know climates uh, that that are a little bit more chilly. So we'll, we'll see how the long term effects of that uh, go over the course of the tournament because you know, everybody's obviously playing in the same places. So we, we got to, uh, we got to make sure that we're not leaning on that and using it as an excuse. But uh, I am in, in complete agreement that that was some of the best football I've ever seen the United States 
play at any time, at any moment, with any players, with any roster. We looked great. We looked con- composed. Uh, you know, th- there was a lot of thoughtfulness, uh, uh, not a lot of rushing. I, I really thought that that we we played outstanding. And we have to say, uh, you know, Pulisic with a with a great pass and Timothy Weah's finish was just top shelf stuff. I mean, it was fantastic. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better finish. He was the right man for the job, uh, right place, right time. Peach of a goal, completely deserved. Uh, I, I thought that that was that was what we deserved was to to go ahead uh, into half uh, ahead by one. But uh, I think that that was a very deserving goal and a great finish. I mean, we own the first half. You, you had possession. What we what we've talked about as we've been starting to dive into this team is there's, there's talent here. There's young talent here, but we don't have a defined finisher and it was going to take us to be industrious and to be able to manufacture goals, to be able to get that in. We couldn't have dominated them more in that first half. We couldn't have, we, I mean, every time they got the ball, we were winning it back and putting it right back on them. Right. Uh, the, the, Team of having Tim Breen back there and and uh, and Zimmerman, they were just rocked in the back. So whenever they tried to clear it deep, they were just cleaning that up and getting it right back into in, into action moving forward. The big concern we've had we had one shot on target the entire game. Yep. After all that possession, after all that pressure, after all those opportunities, and us absolutely owning them, one shot on target. So. This is going to be the challenge for this team, however they choose to play. If they're going to continue to be aggressive like this, maybe you see this game plan against Iran. I don't think this would work out really well against England. I think we'd get worked in that. Uh, They have to find a way to get on the score sheet and get on it regularly. And our inability to get more than one in the first half and put this thing away while we were on the front foot, that's why we ultimately lost because Wales adjusted into the second half and we couldn't keep up with that. Sounds a lot like Chelsea Football Club, um, but we're talking about the United States men's national team. We seem to have a lot of the the same problems. Um, yeah, but that they, being they, tend, they they tend to hit forward passes. We 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 like to go the opposite direction. Well, yeah, we're well. Both both sides need a little bit of work uh, as as far as that's concerned. But uh, you know, to to the to the point of of the MMA midfield, which I, I want to say. I thought Tyler Adams was absolutely outstanding. He was a guy Man. who played great in both halves. Uh, you know, Musa, he's a, a guy who hasn't been playing a, a lot lately because he's coming off of an injury. Uh, McKinney looked a little bit rusty, um, but, you know, he's he's doing everything he can. He hasn't played since since October for, for Juventus. So I understand that. He's working back into form. We got to have a little bit more consistency in terms of, how we play, you know, to your point, finishing, finishing games. I don't think that we tried to take our foot off the gas. We just weren't good enough to keep our foot on it in the second half. I think it's just, it's just a big difference. There was a lot of wasted opportunities. We weren't as clinical as we needed to be in the midfield with some of those quick passes. Uh, I think Serginho Dest left a little bit to be desired uh, in certain situations because his counterpart, Anthony Robinson, also, I thought, put in a shift. He was just running all over the place, really getting forward uh, and, and trying to wreak some havoc um, down the sides. But, uh, you know, not having that 
heavyweight fighters mentality of being able to just, you know, stand in the middle ring and, and sustain some blows. We just didn't, we just didn't have that. And then we took it in the chin on the second half, uh, committing a mistake that we didn't need to commit to, you know, again, Bale had his back to the goal. He, you know, he was right in the center of the pitch. He had other, other people around him. I don't think it was a, a very uh, dangerous, you know, situation that, that warranted the type of uh, challenge that, that Zimmerman offered and we paid the price for it. And it's super unfortunate. You know, the entire first half, my notes, I kept, you know, as much as we were doing good things moving forward and keeping with the press, I, I kept on highlighting you know, this triangle of Zimmerman, Reem, and Adams. You know, the fact that those guys were so stout, any ball that was coming in there, they were clearing out of danger. They were getting us right back on the front foot. Tyler Adams, I'm just going to blow this up. Man of the match by far. No I mean, one touches that dude. This dude was everywhere. And he was one of the few guys on the team who did not show the fatigue and the stamina issues. He was gunning it down past the 90th minute. So the fact that we had those three guys, they gave us a platform to be able to press, to be able to play the high line and to be able to do everything that we needed to. And we looked good everywhere. We just, we needed to be a little bit more clinical in the final third and be able to get those goals in and put the team away early. We didn't do it. And then Key for more. So Daniel James you called it, do, man. Do, dude, he didn't do anything the entire first half because, again, anytime they were even trying to play it out the back and try to get it forward past the press, those aren't guys that can hold up the ball, right? Gareth Bale is awesome, but he's kind of old and rickety. They didn't have anybody who could be able to take a long ball to beat the press and then work with the guys around them to push forward. Then you put in the big man. And I think the second that we saw that go in, and now you know you needed to contend with on set pieces as well as any balls that were being played out there, those two guys. I'll disagree with you a little bit. I think we took our foot off the pedal a little bit because I wasn't seeing the same high press and I wasn't seeing the same back line because I think we started to realize they were a little bit scared about their ability to handle those two guys and what they were going to be able to do in counters. And I don't disagree with the decision at the time, in retrospect, I don't know. I guess you you can argue from both sides as to whether that was right or wrong. The reality is is that Wales started to take it to us in the second half. Agreed. For more was 100%. a huge problem with their center backs. But problem. even with that, even with that, the guys still hung in there. This was a you know we were we were still fairly well in control of that game, even though they were threatening. And it took one mental error. It took one mental error. By again, we're a young team. You're going into a place where you got to deal with adversity and you got to deal with complicated sporting circumstances. And one bad error where he runs through the back of Gareth Bale and boom, it's done. Three points gone. We come away with the draw. But dude, this all turns around with Kiefer Moore coming in, Daniel James coming off. And now you have two big imposing targets to get balls out to who can both hold up play. They can both attack, and they're both going to just start wrecking you guys on set pieces, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it, it's definitely un, unfortunate the way that that unfolded there. Uh, but th- this team is hopefully going to continue to grow. Um, this is definitely a, a game for us to win, and, and now we really, really have to make a strong showing uh, on Friday. Uh, it just couldn't possibly be any more critical we know that Iran basically dug their own grave and now it's just a matter of, you know, can we, can we get a W off of them and by how much? 
uh, because yeah. it, it, advancing might come down to a uh, goal differential at this point. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to try to take that in stride. Um, as we move on to the selections for man of the match, you kind of, kind of blew that up. I just cannot say enough about the captain. Uh, you know, he was, he was, and I made a mistake the other day. He, he's not from New Jersey. He's actually from Wappingers Falls, New York. So I apologize to, uh, to Tyler and his family for that. But, uh, the fact of the matter is, is this kid showed up on every possible level. He was elected captain and he couldn't have gone out and put on a much better performance than he did. Uh, he did everything that he possibly could have. He showed leadership to your point. His his industry and stamina was completely second to none uh, on that pitch. Uh, I'm really, really proud of what he did. And and I think that if he's going to be the embodiment of what, you know, United States football is uh, moving forward, we are in good hands. And, and shouts out to Tyler Adams. He deserves all the praise in the world. He was the dude, he was the alpha male out there. He was just he was a beast. Just I mean, a pit bull in the midfield running guys down, winning balls back. Talking shit, not taking shit. He was the man out there. Um, so, yeah, he gets my man of the match easily. I want to see a lot more of that from that guy. And I think you're right. If, if this is going to be the guy that we're going to have in the center of the park, just as a feisty animal, just a guy who's going to be a rash on you, this is a really key piece of what this team can grow into. And we do have to remember that this is a tough circumstance and we do have a very young squad. So, I'm disappointed. I know you're disappointed. Everybody's disappointed that we didn't walk away with three points when we thought we probably deserved it, especially after that first half. But you know, when you get to see a glimpse of what some of these young guys can ultimately bring to the table, that bodes for a brighter future. And he's definitely going to be a part of it. That guy was awesome. hundred percent. And, uh, you know, we, we, we did get to see some of the other youngsters. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Gio Reyna was, was omitted, uh, from the game. A little disappointed uh, to to not see him out there. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how we move forward from from that perspective. But he's the type of guy that I think comes on for Awea. I definitely wanted to see Aronson on there. He he was bringing some energy. It was a little frustrating. We just couldn't get a couple of balls to settle. We just couldn't get a couple of the flicks, uh, you know, in the right place. It seemed like to to really open up something. And none of the crosses were landing. You know. Uh, Yedlin was trying to put some stuff in. Uh, Pulisic put a couple in. We we just couldn't find those, uh, you know, those those cutbacks. They 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 just weren't finding a, a U.S. boot, and we just just couldn't get something towards the targets. Yeah, for if I'm going to take game at at, at Burhalter, and I want to give him a lot of credit because again, I didn't think he was going to take this the approach to the game that he did, and I loved everything I saw early on. You know, like the I, I liked what I saw with the lineup coming out. I loved our approach. I loved our energy. He had this team rip-roaring and ready to go. But if we're going to take a couple of shots, I think the subs needed to come earlier because our legs were dead. Like these guys, yes. they could not keep up. And part of that was physicality from Wales, which credit to them. Part of that, we just, we look, we, we look like a, a squad that can't run for 90 minutes, which I, I still think is going to be a problem as we move on. Uh, if Gio Reyna was healthy and he did proclaim after the game that he was healthy, you had to get him out there in the second half. You had to. That's a guy that can turn the tides on something like this and get you that second goal before this even occurs. And you're walking away with it. He's either going to create it, like he had to get out there at some point. 
Um, Christian Pulisic had an awesome first half. His attitude was incredible. I'm not going to take any shots at him. He can't take corners. There yeah, has to be somebody else. Yeah, that's just not. I mean, it's not what he does for Chelsea. Like you'd never see him no. do it. I don't think I've regularly seen him do it for the men's team. And I'm not going to hit him for it because I don't think it's really what he does. And they obviously set up plays and set them up for him, but he's not the guy to do it because all of our set pieces were garbage on corners. Like we, we couldn't get it anywhere near a threatening area, so, but these are not, I don't blame the players for this. This is a, this is, these are coaching decisions. And these are things no that when you saw it wasn't working, those things needed to be tweaked and changed and you needed to get somebody else out there to be able to get something done. Yeah. I mean, free um, kicks are different than corners. Like, let's just be clear, you know, fr- free kicks and, and corners, are, I, I, they're just totally different. Uh, in, in terms of the the technique and, and some of the requirements uh, to create danger, uh, and yeah, I don't think he's the he's the right guy to be taking the corners for us right now. And I, I just want to make one other salty comment at the end here too is I, we have to point out a little bit of the refereeing um, because it was shit. wild. It was wildly inconsistent. There was there was no true template that was followed. Some of the yellows that we got, okay, if those are yellows then they should have gotten other yellows. I mean, there were times where, you know, Chris was getting straight up pushed and, and, you know, in relatively threatening areas that we didn't get, we weren't getting calls at all. Um, And I didn't see it as a, everything was kind of clearly called both ways. I am a little bit, you know, salty on that. I'm not disagreeing with the penalty at all, but some of the other stuff that mattered in in potentially dangerous areas, uh, that was a little bit frustrating to watch uh, from a, from a fan's perspective. Yeah. The refs sucked. (laughs) <laughs> he was just bad across the board. And I'd be more mad at it if any of the calls that I saw I thought had a direct impact on the outcome of the game. I, I thought some of these things were shitty, and I'm sure it plays into the, you know, it works on the player psyches when you think you're playing against the ref or you're not getting the calls or decisions are harsher against you than it is against the other side. And I think I think there were bad calls both ways, but I think it was definitely more heavily weighted against our boys. Um, had it been a really flimsy penalty that they had given and it changed the outcome of the game. I think that's one thing, but if we're, if we're solely talking about the professionalism and the quality of the refereeing, this guy was pure unadulterated trash. He was horrible. He was, he was definitely not good. There was a time in the second half. They had, I think Ampadu went down two times with cramps. They stopped the game immediately. And I can't remember who was on the other side, whether it was Christian or was somebody else who goes down after he's get after he got hit. They don't call a foul, and then they let play continue. It's yep. just you expect at this level that you're going to receive some kind of officiating consistency with the calls, and it wasn't there anywhere. But I I, I can't say that any partic- any individual call or sequence of calls changes what was a one one game. Indeed, a boring. One one game, uh, 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 a yucky one one game. To to quote you, I, think, I did say it was. I thought this was going to be like a boring ass defensive, nothing to see battle, and it sucks that it ended up one one. But dude, I haven't been that pumped up watching the men's national team after our first half than what I saw today. So as I mean, much my as heart it sucks, was pumping out of my chest, dude, I mean, I'm like, was, wow, it it's like we 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 don't suck. Like we're not just trying to scrap through a game. Like we can actually play progressive. New age football. This is fucking great. So we do. We haven't seen that in maybe ever. 
And it's amazing that we were able to put that out there and, and, and show the world that we have the capabilities to do that. And then the second half, we, we took our foot off the pedal and we got burned for it. Well, we can't Which take stinks. our foot up against uh, the men from England. And if you're looking for a stat that really kind of breaks it all down, the total market value of the English squad is somewhere between 1.2 and 1.3 million, or excuse me, billion with a B. Um, and then uh, the total market value of the U.S. men's national team is somewhere between, you know, 250 and 300 million. So um, a little bit of a discrepancy in what we would call the level of marketed talent, but that's just the way that we like it. So uh, I'm really looking forward to having the opportunity to march out against these guys. Um, we'll definitely have a, a preview coming up a little later this week. But um, in the meantime, on behalf of Jay Himmelstein, I just want to wish everybody a happy World Cup, a happy Thanksgiving in the United States. Please uh, tune in. Give us some feedback. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on TikTok. Anywhere that you consume any of this stuff, we'd love to get some feedback from you and hear from you. Uh, Jay, I hope you have a tremendous uh, Thursday with your family celebrating Thanksgiving. And we're going to be rooting for our big blue New York Giants watching Thanksgiving American football as well. It's going to be a good one. And I wish you a happy thanks as well, brother. I appreciate it. We love everybody out there. Enjoy your uh, football, no matter how you consume it. We appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll be back with another cast this week for USA versus England.